Welcome to Big Trouble Little Podcast Plus. I'm Jared Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm Jack Burton. I'm Zach. <laughs> and we are here talking about the movie 1917, which is a World War One movie. The end. That's it. Let's pack it up, boys. <laughs> now, um, this movie... I want to say right off the bat, beautifully shot, amazing on the ears. But what I find that it's lacking is a little bit of character development than usual. It had more character development than Dunkirk. That's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, because remember, Dunkirk was like silent throughout most of the movie, if I'm correct, right? Look. I'm going to say the same thing about Dunkirk that I'm going to say about 1917. Both of them want to be like like ball-breakingly realistic and in 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 these situations there's not a lot of chit-chatting like that. And, and still in 1917 I felt like there was a fair amount like they developed both the characters pretty well and I like um I like little things like uh the woman asks him, do you have any children? But she's doing it in French, and there's like a language gap. And then you think he knows the question, but he doesn't answer it. And it's not until the very end of the movie, like the very last thing that happens, do you like learn the actual answer to that question? Mm-hmm. And they are still talking. Like the one guy is like, uh, oh, they, they chopped down all these, what were they, cherry trees, I think? Yep. Yeah, they were cherry trees. They were cherry trees. And he's talking about, oh, my brother and I, we used to have to, to pick all the, the cherries out of the trees and said, well, are these gone? Oh, no, once the, the the fruit rots, the stones, they'll have more trees than before and stuff like that. Like little things, obviously, he knows. And I, I don't know. I kind of disagree. I think there's a lot of character development in there if you're smart enough to, to look for it. It's mm-hmm. not, like, incredibly abundant, but honestly, it's way more clever and subtle, and I like it better for it. I actually described this movie to family and friends. I said, yeah, it's based on a war movie, but I feel like it's not a, your typical war movie. Because when, when you think of like a war movie, what's the first movie that comes to mind? Saving Private Longest Ryan. Day. <laughs> uh, to me, I have the same wavelength as Zach, is Saving Private Ryan, where, you know, you're you're going on the beach of Normandy and fucking puking and guts are flying everywhere. This pretty much starts with two soldiers sleeping <laughs> and waking up and uh, getting these orders, which is probably like the easiest story. Uh, I guess you're right. It's like they get orders to go across no man's land <laughs> and give uh, the orders to another battalion but it's only sort of no man's land because the germans have left mm-hmm. and uh the caveat of like the twist not not a twist but like it's a strategic uh retreat from the germans so that they'll... it's worth mentioning and it should go without saying but in case anyone had any doubt this is based on something that actually did happen the germans did do this and uh, thanks to aerial photography, the British did catch on for the most part, but it was still like devastatingly effective because the, the Germans built an incredibly intricate and complicated trench system with like really good artillery support and then pulled back to that. And when the British advanced, they just like hammered them. And by 1917, 
the attitude with most of the generals was, um, I'm sick of this this strategic thing. We're not going to capture any points. The only way we're going to win this war is if if it's the last man standing. And I think that's what Benedict Cumberbatch says at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's be, I mean that that's what that's talking about because a lot of the generals had come to the point like we we just have to kill so many of them that they just get sick of this war. And that that's a big part of why the first world war was like one of the most grossly devastating wars that mankind has ever waged is by 1917. That's the war the generals were fighting. It was no longer about capturing cities strategically so much as it was um, body counts, which is, you know, terrifying. Yeah. And I think what I really liked about this uh, how it was shot like they did this one take shot kind of even though it wasn't the whole movie in one take because they did uh, corners where it would get dark like they would turn a corner and it would get dark and then that's when they probably said cut and then they just start from there again but it really felt like you were on the battlefield with them it had that good perspective and there was times where like you were wondering when you were going to get shot in no man's land because maybe a German or two would be out there and you'd get shot at. So, like, it was tense in, like, calm moments. Oh, yeah, the movie's super tense. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one jump scare with me, and it was when they were in the bunker and the rat went over the tripwire because I was in Dolby Audio and the fucking sound was insane. I, I jumped a bit. Like, it was loud enough that I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, holy shit. And then it was constant, calm, 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 fucking intense, intense, because you're getting shot at or uh, explosions are happening. And then it was calm, calm, calm. And to me, I, I think that's what a, you know, a battlefield really is. You have that moments where you're, you're just, like, getting shot upon and then all of a sudden you're just waiting to get shot upon. <laughs> yeah, I mean that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Zach, what about you? What do you think of the movie? Um, I, I liked it. Uh, cinematography was good. Uh, I kind of agree with Andy a little bit more about the character development thing. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. Don't really have much else to say about it right now. <laughs> you guys kind of took it over. So. I think I think the way this movie was shot was um, it's the thing most worth talking about because it's famously like one shot. Technically, like you said, like there's times when they're going in and out of darkness or something passes between the subjects and the camera or something that could be a cut. Mm-hmm. But the logistics of figuring out how to do all that and there's several shots that I just how did they get them? Like, um, there's little things like, uh, when they're first crossing no man's land, they like go around one of the craters cause they don't want to get in the water, but the camera goes across the water, but it doesn't disturb the water. Mm. Like is yeah. it a crane shot? If it's a crane shot, then whoever's operating the crane is like doing a really good job. But if they're operating the crane, that means that they were driving across that rough terrain in no man's land. But it could be like a handheld camera that they're using like a, 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 uh, steadier on the software side or something. I don't understand all the specifics, but 
that and like when he jumps into the river and gets washed down river and the camera like kind of pans up and he goes off the the waterfall area and falls and the camera kind of like follows him underwater and he comes up how did they get that shot like there's so many shots in this movie when i it was almost distracting to watch the movie at times because i was like how did they get this shot mm-hmm. and this movie was about two hours and you were so invested into the movie that it went really quickly because I saw this movie twice and the same time I had the same experience. Like they got the orders, they went, uh, they got out of the trenches, went into the German trenches and then, you know, the plane crashes, get stabbed. And then literally, uh, Lance Corporal Schofield, the last tale, the, the third act was pretty quick. And, I don't know what it, maybe it's just that it, it was so good that I just didn't know the time anymore. It's excellently paced. Mm-hmm. It's funny you bring up the time because that was one thing about this movie that did kind of bother me a little bit was uh, it seemed like there were points in the movie where time was skipping ahead. And I don't mean like this, the time where Schofield gets shot in the head, he falls down the stairs, he's knocked unconscious. Yeah, that's the only time in the movie that there's a clear jump in time. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, like the one where he's in the river and he falls in the wa- you know, through the waterfall down f- further below, and then it's like it seems like time skipped ahead two or three hours all of a sudden because of the daylight. There's and- there's one. I was thinking about this a little bit, and I think. I can give them the benefit of the doubt on this. This is taking place in north eastern France and maybe parts of Belgium. I don't think they were in Belgium yet in April of 1917. I'm not sure. But it's ex- it's extremely flat there. And like we we Zach and I we're used to like the way the sun rises here in a mountainous area and it doesn't go from it doesn't go from that dark to that day that quick usually but i think in in flat country like that i think that makes more sense i don't know because i've been out into in the dakotas where it's super fucking flat and uh it never really was like that it was just that daylight would last a lot longer out there was all i actually have a tidbit for this um sam mendez who directed skyfall in this movie uh, wanted to be consistent with the weather in this movie. So if you notice that every shot was cloudy, well, they waited until it was cloudy weather to shoot their scenes. Oh. And, and when it was like blue sky and sunny, they j- rehearsed their scenes. So I, I thought that was pretty fucking... To me, that would be annoying to like wait for the weather just to shoot a scene, but... You could always I, love, I love movies that are shot using natural light too. I think they look a lot better. Like The Revenant was a big deal a few years ago because they did that. I think this movie looks better for it too. If it was Roger Corbin, he wouldn't have waited for that shit. <laughs> day to night. <laughs> no, like, or day for night, excuse me. But um, like I'm not really complaining about it necessarily. It was just something that I kind of noticed that was like I felt like was a little off. And to me, it kind of like immediately in my head, I just kind of came to terms with like, oh, it must kind of like Spielbergian time dilation editing and scenes and stuff. You know, scenes like in reality, that scene only actually took place for like maybe 15 or 30 seconds, but it gets drawn out for two minutes or something. 
like mm-hmm. on screen. But I mean, it didn't occur to me as much. I don't know. It, it happened a few times. It's just I don't know. It was something I noticed. What do you guys think of of? I, I guess we're, we're spoiling anyway. Like getting stabbed and getting killed off. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to happen, if at all, even that soon. Like the trailer does a good job of painting that it's going to be like, oh, two two brothers in arms. They're going on a journey. They got to get buddy warm. And in the movie, it's like, no, it's just one of them. <laughs> um, I had the, the opposite reaction because I've always saw trailers with just Showfield in it, and I was like, who is this other guy? He must die soon, and then he died. <laughs> The, the trailers that I always saw had both of them in it. Mm-hmm. Never never a scene of them separate. The only separate one was uh, the trailer I saw had him running in the, the town at night by himself. But that was it. Beautiful shot, by the way. That fucking scene was amazing. Oh, That's yeah, my that favorite cool. part of the movie is the latter half of him being in that city. Like after he talks to the French woman and the baby. Mm-hmm. And he's like just trying to get the hell out of there. He like loses his rifle. And he's getting shot at. And then he jumps in the water. That that whole part is it just it looks great. I love the lighting. And it's so exciting. And the camera like starts behind him. But by the end of the scene, it's in front of him. And it's just everything about it's perfect. Tell, yeah. tell me if I had if you're if you th- think my line of thinking of him and the French woman and the child do you think like psychology psychological that he was like thinking about giving up at that point to be like let's just say that that woman and the child was like representing his wife and child and back at the uh his homeland and in a sense that was kind of representing him kind of giving up and then he like snapped out of it, and then he's like, "I got, I got to keep on moving." Because uh, I didn't get that out of it. I thought he was still driven. He was, uh, he was hiding, and I, I, I got the impression like he never. He was always like, you know, I'm gonna get through this, no matter what. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he was the most mysterious out of every other character, even though there was not a lot of characters in this movie. But like, there's, there's two characters in this movie, pretty much. Well, if you talk about the brother at the end, I mean, uh, no, I mean, I don't think that counts. I, he talks to a couple of people for a few lines. He talks to some of the people in the back of the truck. He talks to um, Benedict Cumberbatch. He talks to some of the officers at the beginning of the movie. Um, the French woman. I, I think the French woman's more of a character than uh, the older brother at the end. Mm-hmm. And even then, I, not really. I mean, like supporting character but there are two characters two fleshed out um follow you know, the story follows them protagonist characters yeah i i didn't even notice colin firth was the general by the way i didn't even yeah notice. i i was i knew he was in it and then completely missed it and then later i was like who was he and i started figuring it out mm-hmm. <laughs> general Aaron moore and my favorite character <laughs> in this movie is like the beginning where uh the guy with the flare gun. He's like, you're going over there. You guys are fucking crazy. He's like, if you start shooting at you, could you throw it back? I hate losing these to the Jerry's. <laughs> I laughed at that. Yeah, there was a couple of scenes where it, it, I chuckled a little bit on how, you know, the conversations yeah. they were having. I laughed. I laughed. I remember there's at least one time that I laughed, but I was the only one in the theater who did. And I thought it was because no one understood what the hell they were saying because they had like those, you know, British accents. 
but one of like his hand is hurt and he's like oh don't worry you'll be back to wanking in no time and he's like oh wrong hand like i laughed at that but i don't know what else did so i don't know <laughs> I, I guess i just didn't catch it yeah it's real quick like the, the camera's not even like up on him it's like moving ahead of him or something yeah and then um the other scene that was really really powerful and good is the singing uh, the, the 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 man singing in the woods with a bunch of soldiers i thought that was a real it was a good shot and it captured the emotion in my opinion i like the song too mm-hmm. it was so good and then <laughs> i like when you got her to you okay chap <laughs> yeah like they see him and they're like oh shit what's wrong with this guy <laughs> He just went, had a really tranquil float downstream that was totally ruined by a bunch of, of waterlogged corpses. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. <laughs> That's yeah, what was wrong I with him. I remember thinking how cool that was because it's like he he escapes hell, basically, because like everything's on fire and it's night and his life's in danger. He there, barely escapes. He jumps in the water. And he's in these rapids. He almost drowns. Uh, he almost falls asleep and drowns like he's exhausted and then like it's all tranquil and there's like the cherry trees and the blossoms and it's just for a second the movie lets you go <sighs> and then it's like corpses and the music's like oh shit and oh it, I, that part's great yeah yeah, I mean, it, it, even in the beginning scene where they're coming from the trenches and craters and seeing the bodies and fucking barbed wire, but then you go through like the charred forest and then all of a sudden it's like green, green grass and then beautiful scenery and then it's back to fucking hell again. And I, like I said, the, the, the part of Europe this is taking place in is like a big old floodplain. So stuff grows there really well. So I, 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 I buy that it's that green, I guess. Mm-hmm. Trying to think what else scene that I was like, oh, this is fucking amazing. I, I will say the part where he's in the uh, the city at night and then like that one soldier that like looks at him and he starts firing at him. Because uh, even me, I was like, is that a British or a German? And then all of a sudden he starts shooting. I'm like, run. You totally can't tell. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have believed either thing until the guy started fucking shooting at him. Mm-hmm. And it would be funny if, like, that was actually a British soldier that just fucking, he didn't know who it was either, and he just started shooting. But I could just tell by the helmet. that, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm so familiar with that, that stuff that I was like, that's a German helmet. That's a German. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he's exhausted. I'll cut him some slack. Did you get annoyed at the scene where they helped this German soldier get out of the plane? And I'm like, I, I knew right off the bat that like that guy, uh, Lance Corporal Blake was gonna get stabbed. I'm like, why? Why are you help? I mean, I understand why they're helping because watching a man burn alive was just fucking terrible. But like, this- I didn't know he was gonna get stabbed. <laughs> it kind of that honestly took me by surprise. But even Schofield was like, we need to put him out of the misery. I don't know, meaning putting him out of the misery because he was burning a lot, uh, burning to death, or he was an enemy. I, th- I thought it was just because he was burning. Because uh, I, I remember there being stories about, like, how, I don't know, like, pilots during World War One usually would get captured and they would get treated really well and stuff because they were fucking pilots. <laughs> and that shit is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, at the just turn of the century, there are people flying around in an aircraft made out of fucking paper. 
essentially. They were treated well, I think, because they were officers. I thought the pilot thing had more to do with it, but I don't know. It's been a while since I've really read about it a lot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, they, they were just going to save him because he's a guy on fire. That's not cool. You know, why not? Because uh, we're in war, and he he should have saw this coming. Did you forget already um, from, was it last 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 week? I mean, this is this is an extra, of course, but in our normal episodes, we've been talking about um, Twilight Zone, and any man's death diminishes me because I'm involved in mankind. Yeah. You've been totally taken over by Satan interfering and causing us to have bloodlust and, and you know, rage wars, wage wars on each other. But, I mean, not just that. But, I mean, <laughs> you don't want a guy to burn to death. That's kind of a fucked way to die. Um, you could capture him, you know, interrogate him. They weren't sure what the situation was. I mean, it's still, it's still, he should have been more on his guard, obviously, but... Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't question that at all. But I think like high school me would have been like, "That's stupid! I should have let him burn to death." Man, man. But I, the older <laughs> I get, the more I like, I kind of get it. No, I want to try to save him. And then the other thing was, they didn't know who that was. They didn't know what side that dude was on yet. No, not necessarily. They, <laughs> there they, wasn't much of that plane to look at. They thought it was one of theirs when it got shot down, and then by the time it landed, it was fucking destroyed and it was on fire. So. Even then, you probably couldn't really tell that well whose plane it is. And the guy didn't really say anything either. He was just screaming because he's on fire. <laughs> so I, that's why I'm like, I don't I, I don't blame him for trying. And on top of that, I, that made me more surprised because I thought he was one of theirs. Yeah. I, I just I, assumed. Because he's just wearing plain black. Like, it's almost cheating. Yeah. <laughs> I guess... One thing we should talk about, uh, I know Zach kind of touched on it a little bit with the the timing. Uh, what did we like about it? Because I'm trying to like sit here and think, and nothing is coming to mind for almost nothing. Like you, you said something about um, character development. I thought the character development was great. And Zach had a little bit of a hang up with like the passage of time. I have to admit, I didn't even think about it till he brought it up just now. Like I liked this movie a lot. And I kind of knew I was going to, like, on our old episode, I can't wait for this movie to come out. I'm going to go see it. And I did. And, uh, man, it's just it's just really good. It's such – it's so different, and it's a breath of fresh air from um, – I love war movies. I'm not uh, I'm not talking down at war movies, but it's so different because it, it is the unbroken shot, and I like the story. I like that the end goal is indeed to like deliver this message that's going to stop a battle. It's not like going to win a battle. It's not going to um, save a bunch of POWs. It's not going to capture a German general. It's not going to kill Hitler or something or kill the Kaiser, I mean to say. It's just stopping a battle to save a bunch of British lives. Like I, it's, it's so different, and yet it does a lot of things from war movies so much better and right. I don't know. I loved it. Yeah. I, I think the only negative, like I said before, was like the character development. But like, it's the same thing with Dunkirk. It's like, you really didn't need it because it's a war movie. No, yeah. Dunkirk was fine the way it was. I, I, do, I don't want to know more about, about uh, what Tom Hardy does when he's not flying around. I, that's fine. <laughs> that's, that's what I expected from Dunkirk. Now, if you made a movie that was just about a pilot... And that was it. You just follow a pilot. 
all the time and nothing else really came of it, I could see getting a little bored, but he'd have to talk to someone or he'd have some pictures on his, his flight display or something, something else would come. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I think it had like one of the perfect ending because it started at a tree where they were sleeping and then Schofield, after he told uh, Blake's brother, he went to a tree and just fucking, that's it. Relax time. Yeah, people are all telling him, get your wounds tended, get some food, but he just wants to sit down. He's just tired. Mm -hmm. I like Cumberbatch, but fuck it. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and, when I saw him, I was like, what? He's in this? It just took me by surprise. Yeah, they had some, good, right. they had some good cameos in this. Yeah. Uh, what I really liked about that scene where he's told him to fuck off, like, he told him to fuck off, and I was like, wow, what a dick. And then, like, the, uh, I think it was a major or something, he was like, good job, mate. You did, you know, he's pretty much saying you saved lives. Yeah. And I, I thought that was a good touch, because if it would just ended like, coming back to saying fuck off, I'd be like, wow, what a dick. <laughs> fuck off, credits. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense for an officer like that. But he does make a good point. It's like, today it's stop, but tomorrow it's going to be go ahead, and all these people are going to die. Like, he's, he's a real pessimist about it. Mm. And... I mean, in 1917, that makes a lot of sense. I keep bringing up, I, I, I have a lot of like World War One history that's kind of like fresh in my head because I, I talked about it on another episode, but I've been watching The Great War, the YouTube series that goes through the First World War uh, week by week. I really highly recommend it, especially if you liked this movie. And you don't have to watch like the week by week stuff. They have like um, specials and like focuses on just one person or one general, focuses on one battle, focuses on tank warfare, uh, aircraft warfare, warfare in the Alps, warfare in, in Iraq, warfare in the Sudan. So, I mean, th there's a jillion episodes, and it's really, really interesting. They do a good job making it all... Uh, it's not dry at all. Mm -hmm. So I guess, uh, Zach, do you have anything to add for, like, either something that you hate or something that you'd want to say that we didn't say? Um... No, there wasn't really anything I disliked about the movie. Uh, I ended up liking it pretty well. Um, I think I didn't end up liking it as much as I thought I would, is is the only other thing I could say. What would you have liked better? I I don't know. I don't really... It, uh, it's hard for me to engage in, like, you know, uh, hypotheticals like that with, with a movie like this for some reason. It's just, I just accept it for what it is. It was like, I was expecting it to maybe be maybe a little more, I don't know, grandiose than what it ended up being, I think. More like Saving Private Ryan. I think, and that, that's, I don't know. I didn't, I, I, at the same time, I didn't really know what to expect. I guess that was just like my frame of reference, you know? <laughs> All right, here's a question for you guys. So 1917 got nominated for Best Picture. These are the nominees for Best Picture for the Oscars. Ford versus Ferrari. The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, obviously nineteen seventeen, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Do you? Are we just nominating every movie now? I get. I guess. <laughs> Do you think nineteen seventeen has a chance against the other movies? Not Best Picture. No. 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 I, I think I, I I think it's a, a fantastic movie. I made that clear. But I don't think it's it's the best picture of the year. Now, best cinematography, absolutely. Yeah, Quite I can possibly. see that. 
um, uh, maybe best director, but I, I, I have a bit of a stretch justifying that. Um, maybe a couple, no, not best supporting actor nods. Um, but yeah, it, it's got those two and then maybe like special effects or even like makeup because if they aren't done all in one continuous shot, then they did a wonderful job like making their uh, making Schofield's face look consistent throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe that, but best picture, probably not. Yeah, cinematography, they have the Irishman Joker, the lighthouse. I hope the lighthouse wins. I'm sorry. <laughs> the- Man, yeah, after seeing it, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Visually, that movie was more impressive to me. Mm-hmm. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Wow, a lot of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's and Oscars. Interesting. Well, this isn't the episode for Oscar talk. This is the episode for 1917 talk. I know, but it's in there, so it's kind of yeah. it's kind of relevant. Um, other than that, I fucking highly recommend this movie. I don't, I don't, I, it sounds like you guys are recommending this movie too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I recommend it. All right, so I think we'll we'll end it here unless you guys have any final words about this. Uh, go see it. See it in theaters. Like when you see it on a on a TV screen at home, it's still going to be a good movie, but like epic war movies, you got to go to the theater, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, I told, uh, I was going to see this maybe with somebody else originally. And I kind of ended up telling him like, Oh yeah, it was really good. It, it really scratches that itch of world war one movie that you might have, because I don't know about you, but I noticed in terms of like, uh, stories, like it, uh, it's set in a historical setting, but it's it's a made up story, pretty much, kind of. Um, they don't do a lot of World War One stories. That they much. don't. They they haven't for a long time. But luckily, I think after the centennial of the First World War, that's kind of coming around a little more. Yeah. And I want to see more of it because I think the First World War is very very interesting. Yeah, I always thought it was like super interesting, and I was one of the ones where I was like, "Why? How come there's never any things about this? There's no games. There's not really a lot of movies, and all the movies that were made are like super old now." And I think part of it is um, a lot of, especially until this century, but a lot of the stories as far as movies and stuff go were being told by Americans here in Hollywood, and we were only involved in the last year of that war. Yeah, we came in like at the end. Yeah, so, but on the other hand, in Europe, it's like still a storied thing. And for that matter, if you look at other forms of media, specifically books, um, the First World War is very well represented. Um, Like one of the most famous war novels of all time is All Quiet on the Western Front, which is the First World War. So I think it's just the people making movies and video games weren't interested in the First World War because we were so... We weren't involved in it that much, but we're coming around now. Battlefield One, this, you know. But before yeah. that, I mean, there were like British. There was a Gallipoli. There was um. Wow, well, I can't think of anything else. Wasn't there a horse movie or something that took <laughs> There was the the Stanley Kubrick movie. I forgot the name of it. I just I know that he did one. He did. Pass the glory. Oh yeah, duh! Oh my God, yeah, uh, Paz Glory. Yeah, it took me a little while to remember it, but it was yeah, it's that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you could transplant that story to any war, more or less. But yeah, it is definitely a First World War movie. You're right. Yeah, and I, uh, I I think World War One is 
very interesting as a war because it introduced a lot of things tank warfare gas uh, warfare fucking dog fighting in the sky was... yeah, aerial reconnaissance um, uh, artillery advanced so much uh, machine guns advanced so much like machine guns existed but they weren't used the way they were until the first world war um lots of stuff was invented about like mountain combat fighting in the desert um naval combat advanced leagues basically it brought on modern warfare yeah and it killed like a whole generation of european men like the war is just like yeah crazy yeah and one last thing about 1917 that shot when they see the artillery from the german uh trenches like those fucking casings and stuff i was like holy shit that was a cool fucking shot just giant fucking bullets yeah <laughs> but uh guys guess what movie next we might be talking about here on uh, big trouble podcast plus sonic sonic, sonic. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a total fucking left turn. <laughs> There's nothing else coming out. It's fuck you. It's January. There's no good movies this month. What are we by, Followed by fuck you. It's February. Not me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited because I want to know if it's gonna be a fucking shithole movie. <laughs> it's gonna be a train wreck. It's gonna be awful. It's just the question is how awful is it gonna be? Is it gonna be like memorably? devastatingly perfectly terrible or just like forgettable this movie's garbage i'm not ever gonna think about it again awful that's the question <laughs> i guess we will see when this movie comes out on valentine's day oh, that's right but if you want to catch more of big trouble with podcast plus make sure you go to novnetwork.podbean.com we're also on spotify we're also on itunes we're also on iHeartRadio. so if, you know if you're a big iHeartRadio fan we are on there add us listen to us and follow us give us a heart get it i heart anyway until next time everybody have a good night see you later good show bye